to 740 here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable, and uh, sometimes awkward and funny and self-humiliating. Uh, uh, <laughs> it does happen. I'm Andrew McKay at Pensacola Morning News. Joining us now, Mike Wood. He is the public information officer for the Pensacola Police Department. Mike, welcome back to the show, sir. Hey, good morning to all you gentlemen at News Radio. <laughs> oh! Oh, it's brutal. All right, all right. That's, I'll, we'll take it. It's, he listens. It's accurate. He does listen. No, that's good. Hey, um, one thing, uh, obviously we're going to get to this video and the arrest of this woman, um, but before we get to that, I did want to ask you, uh, I talked to the mayor yesterday and asked him the same question, but the um, uh, shot spotter technology, the Scambi Sheriff's Office has rolled this out about two weeks ago. The city is still yet to roll it out. I think we're looking at an early December, so probably still about two or three or four weeks in the future. Um, and look, you know, I don't know what goes into each agency rolling this out. It struck me as odd that the sheriff's office would have it deployed and, and PPD wouldn't yet have it deployed. Is there a reason for that? Well, we've got to finish mounting the uh, microphones or the sensors, if you would. And to do that, sometimes you're on private property. You have to get permission. You have to get all of that um, taken care of and buttoned up before you can complete that. So uh, we're on schedule to get that going, uh, like the mayor said, in December, early December. And uh, we'll let you know when we have it up and running. It's not going to be long. Okay, very good. And I mean, I just, I, I'm eager for it to be working. And I didn't know if there was a reason other than some kind of strange logistics or whatever. But, um, you know, obviously it's already produced. I think WEAR last night reported uh, 17, you know, already for the sheriff's office, which, uh, you know, I think that's likely to be the case. We're going to get a bunch um, and then people are going to have to learn not to shoot their guns off in the city, you know, even when it's not a crime, which it can often be that just, you know, all the other ways people shoot their guns off because uh, the technology is uh, amazing. Let's um, let's talk about this video, this arrest video. The um, For people who might not have seen it, you have uh, two officers, a white officer and a black officer, um, who are trying to, you know, get a woman out of a car. And apparently they've identified her as needing uh, arrest because she has warrants. And her friend is there. She gets out of the car. And then she runs, and they're yelling at her not to do that. They tackle her. They take her down. We didn't. We don't see that on the video from the friend. Uh, but then coming from behind the two officers who are on top of her, and she's a relatively small woman, um, you know, her friend is, what are you doing? Why are you punching her? Because the, the one officer that happens to be a black officer, she's a black uh, suspect, um, is on the ground, and he's got her kind of in a chokehold or a headlock or something like that. It's hard for me to make out, and then he's punching her a couple of times. And the video, it looks bad. And what I said yesterday is every arrest looks bad um, because you don't know what arrests look like. When people resist, it's always going to be ugly. And so uh, let's talk about this a little bit. My thought, Mike, is I almost feel like there's an education campaign that needs to happen because the cops know how arrests are supposed to look and when they don't look right. But the average person would think that pretty much every resist of an arrest is going to look wrong. And I don't know, can you maybe put out videos of proper protocol arrests so that people can develop a baseline of what it's supposed to look like compared to what they think? Because that seems to me to be the problem here is that people see something and they just don't know what normal is, and so they think it looks like abuse. Well, it's because normal arrest videos, which you know we record every arrest that we make, uh, the normal ones, the ones where people are compliant, are are boring yeah. to, to the human brain. That's not something that, that they're going to lock in on. They're going to lock in on the ones that are violent. So uh, if we release every video of a normal arrest, people would just get tired of looking at it. Well, and I mean, uh, fortunately for us— I mean, the, I mean the ones where there's resisting. I, I know the compliant ones. You don't need to release those. But I just, like, this is what happens when people resist, you know? 
Well, so you have two kinds of resistance. You have passive resistance and you have active resistance. Passive is when somebody just will not get out of the car. They might roll up the window and lock the door. They may sit in the street and not get up when instructed to do so. And then they may lock their arms and legs where the officer has difficulty handcuffing them. That is passive. Active is when they decide to use violence and, and, and try to hurt the officer in, in an attempt to get away. So that those are the ones that generally uh, go, quote, viral on on. Uh, on the internet and uh, the ones that look uh, ugly and sometimes police work is ugly. And, uh, and that's what we saw this week. And, and in, and in this case, um, as you had, you know, said before, she was what grabbing at his eyes, gouging at his eyes, which you can't see through his body on the other side of his body from the video that we've seen, which means that the video we've seen is very misleading because it does not show the totality of the case. It only shows after when he's, you know, punching her basically, and you think, my God, why is this big guy punching this little girl? Well, there's a lot you're not seeing, right? Yeah, there's a lot. You know, we've I know that I've seen at least three different camera angles. I believe there's a fourth out there because, again, you know, we don't mind people taking their cell phones out and recording us because we're already recording ourselves. Um, and when, if you look at the other camera angles, that we can clearly see uh, what actually happened uh, during that scuffle. Uh, she was gouging his right eye with her finger, and and just to put this into perspective, you know we've heard some uh, had some pushback on her size versus his size, which actually uh, the two are quite close in in weight. So um, that's not a factor. But getting back to gouging someone's eye, to put that into perspective, you, if you'll take a finger, just pick any finger you want, and apply pressure to your eyeball, you'll quickly understand that the size of the person applying the pressure simply does not matter. Right. I mean, think about what we teach people in self-defense courses. What do we teach everybody is that no matter what the size of the person you're dealing with, eyes, throat, and groin, right? You can hurt any man in those areas and any woman, certainly in eyes and throat and probably groin. And so you teach people that because, you know, it doesn't matter if you're big or small. If you're sticking your finger in somebody's eye, that's all you got to do typically. That, so that's a major assault or battery. Yes, it is. Yeah, it can, ca- it can cause major damage. And, uh, you know, the officer is out on medical leave uh, because of the injuries that he sustained. So, you know, these, like I said, these things can get uh, quite ugly, and we don't want to use force upon anybody. But just a, a quick note that officers never start with force. They are met with force, and they have to use force in order to stop that fight and complete that arrest. This is not something that we start. This is not something that we want, uh, but it's something that we must react to. And, you know, as, as we've talked about this, both me on the air and, you know, you know, I've talked about this before, but, you know, um, resistance is never going to produce the outcome that you think it is. Um, you know, complying at least puts you in a position to later make the argument, make the case, have a lawyer, do those things. But, you know, resisting and, you know, battering an officer is never going to help you in any way. It's you're, And you're going to lose. I mean, that's that's the problem. You're going to lose and your charges are going to escalate. And it, But then, you know, this very particular video comes out and people have a certain reaction to it um, because of, you know, kind of how they understand police work, which is typically not very well. We'll come back to this in just a second. We're talking to Mike Wood, the PP, uh, the uh, public information officer for PPD. Uh, Mike, can we talk a little bit about the friend in this case? Because, you know, on the video, she gets very close and then he pushes her or kicks at her or something. Um, she's demanding to know why he won't talk to her while he's in the middle of an active physical arrest and just had his eyes gouged out. Can you maybe talk a little bit about reasonability in observation and video recording and distance? Yeah, in a situation like that, the officer simply does not have time to chat. 
Uh, he's got to uh, finish that arrest. He's got to take her into custody and handcuff her. And part of the video that you did not see and, and uh, was, was afterwards when the arrest was made, when uh, this young lady was placed in the back of a patrol car, they talked to the friend. They explained to her exactly what happened, why they did what they did, and the friend was apologetic. She understood. Uh, again, that's part that, that you did not see on social media. So uh, we can't uh, – the officers were already at a bad um, position. They were both on the ground, and when she approached the way she did, she had the upper hand. She was standing. They were, they were lying down, and that's an officer safety issue. That's uh, one that we have to pay close attention to. And when we order somebody to get back, when they get close, they've got to get back, or they too can be arrested. Because the officer can't know whether that person's only got a phone, got a knife, got a gun, got who knows what, right? That's the the officer is trying to control the situation, affect the arrest, and keep themselves safe all at the same time, right? Yes, they were like I said, they were already at a at a uh, bad position, being on the ground the way they were. So uh, when we tell people to get back, um, again, we don't mind them uh, recording the arrest. We don't mind any of that, but we do when it becomes when they are within arm or leg legs reach. Uh, which she was, where they could do harm to the officer, they must get back and let the officer uh, do his job. Uh, I, I assume you're going to release the body cam or the compiled video from the cruiser of the body camera so that people can see you know, what actually happened once the internal investigation is done? Yeah, this is a, there's a review going on like there always is with use of force incidents. Um, the uh, chain of command looks at this, and once it's over with, we'll be glad to uh, release that video. It's going to do nothing but... Um, uh, back our case up on, on what we've been saying on on the different angles, and you're able to see exactly what happened and the uh, the damage that was being done to the officer. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you this question. That you may not be able to answer, but I'm gonna ask it anyway because I know the investigation, and you don't want to prejudice that. But okay, putting everything else aside, you've been a cop for a long time. You know, I mean, though you're only 29, you've been a cop for a long time. Um, You've seen a lot of arrests. You've conducted a lot of arrests. You've been in fights, seen fights, um, all this stuff. When you watch this video, is there anything in it that concerns you? Not at all. Absolutely not. Simple enough. Uh, all right, Mike, we always like to end with a um, uh, a cop myth or a did you know. Do you have one for us this week? Yeah, it's a bit of trivia. So I'm going to ask you a question, and I'll give you four choices and see if you can pick the right one. Oh, good. Um, I'm on the spot. What, Fantastic. I'm excited. Go on. Yes. Yes, let's let's do this. In, in the United States, which state had the first female sheriff? North Carolina, New York, California, or Massachusetts? Oh, I, how? North Carolina. You got it. Wow. All right. So, <laughs> Blind, yeah. wild, you, swinging yeah, guess. You, nice. Yeah, I'll come up with some tickets or something I can get to you. That was good. <laughs> so it's... In, in 1920, the city of Pittsburgh, North Carolina, elected uh, Myrtle Seiler as the county's first female sheriff. And just a few years prior, the Los Angeles Police Department welcomed the first African-American policewoman in the United States, Georgia Ann Robinson, who started with the department in 1916. Interesting. So, so we got about, what did you say was the year 1920? What was the year? 1920. Yeah, okay. So it's we got about 100 years a hundred years of um, um, uh, female leadership and female presence in police in America. That's interesting. All right. I'll, I'll take it. That's very good. Uh, Mike Wood, he is the public information officer for the PPD. Mike, as always, thank you for the time. Thanks for helping us understand law enforcement a little bit better and answer my questions. I always appreciate it, sir. Yes, sir.